same kind of thing can happen in studies like one personality is allergic to something and another personality isn't I st- because it's the observed mind of the body and it's still all the programming. What we're talking about is beyond that. It- it's way beyond that. We're talking putting ourselves into a higher spin state to where they're literally vibrating in a frequency that is much higher than what we're experiencing right now. And then the body starts to function in a completely different way. And one of those ways is that epigenetics turn off and the the cells start to move into the ascension process. I call it cell ascension. And the cells start behaving differently. And some of those things are reversing aging. And we get rid of things like allergies and those all these little things that we're so entangled in. And that's what my friend Vale was showing me. It's like, none of this is the way the body is even supposed to be functioning. It's supposed to be this. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. And I hope 2024 is beautiful for you all. This is only the second cab off the rank this year, the second show I've managed to put up this year. And we're going to go quantum with the beautiful Jules Arness. Welcome to the show, Jules. Thank you, Karen. I'm so happy to be here. So Jules has an amazing story and uh, she's doing incredible things, which we'll learn about. And uh, we were just talking weather before I started the recording. I said Mother Nature's on the run. You know, it's flooding uh, here in Australia and over in the States. There's some crazy snow, snowing people in and, you know, things going down. But let me tell you a little bit about Jules. Jules has been on a path of discovering the highest level of human potential since she was 16. She began her journey as a vibrational therapist at 17, diving deep into the studies of natural and energetic medicine. In 2012, Jules had a traumatic spine injury and after surgery that proved unsuccessful, Jules began a new kind of healing, healing through her cell's own intelligence. She began to follow instructions from an intelligence that is stored in the DNA. She was able to heal her spine injury instantly through this intelligence. After mastering this phenomena, Jules decided to create products that help heal the frequencies and support the cells in healing beyond ingredients, medicine, or even supplements. She learned that in order to advance human potential, we need to bring the cells into a frequency where they can express an intelligence beyond what we can see with our human eyes. Jules began to experience and prove just how far we can go in advancing molecular form. We can awaken 90% of our human potential that is not we're not currently using. 
this potential can be unleashed by upgrading the cells and moving beyond the cycles of degeneration and disease. So I'm loving this. <laughs> it seems to be the theme for this year. I was talking about it in the last show. And this is the inspiration work in the Becoming Bioquantum DMT Academy. And Jules's website is becomingbioquantum.com. So this is exciting. I, I really look forward to hearing how all this came about. Gosh, I feel like my whole life is kind of, it's one of those, I mean, I feel like we all have that to a certain extent where it's every little part of your life leads to the next to the next. And I was lucky enough that I, at a really young age, was um, introduced to energy medicine and it was a, someone that saw my gift and I didn't even know it was a gift, but she saw that I had sensitivities and started kind of talking about it. And I was like, yeah, I have that. And so she took me under her wing and she was the, my first teacher that taught me um, Barbara Brennan's work. And from there, I started doing a apprenticeship with a Lakota medicine woman and I worked with her. For, it was almost seven years and um and that was just phenomenal you know when you're that young you don't really appreciate or even understand what it is to be working with a master but she was a master and she could uh, there was one time I was doing a a day on the hill or a hemblechi and she was walking over the hill and she didn't want us to know that she was watching us because we're supposed to be in our meditation. And I saw her walking up and I was like, oh, she's going to let me see her. And then all of a sudden she turned into an eagle and flew and sat in the tree that was sitting in front of me. And it just blew my mind that what we actually have the capability of doing. And so that really, that was my let's go time. Because when I witnessed that, even without her wanting to me to witness it, uh, I was ready to go all in and see just how far we could go with human potential. And it's pretty much been my journey ever since. Yeah. Wow. Brava Brennan's book was one of the first books I ever picked up. I remember going up to Mullumbimby, which is in the northern New South Wales, and there's a huge crystal garden up there. It's called Crystal Castle. And I picked up this book and I was standing in line to buy it. And I had this thing, this is going to be the beginning to the rest of your life. I had this thought. Her work was amazing, groundbreaking work. And there's been many healers that have continued her work. But I want to know what happened when you had the spinal injury. What was the story there? What happened to your spine? How did you get injured? What yeah. was the allopathic, you, you know, what were they doing to you? What was the operation? Why didn't it work? I've got a million questions. And and how did you know what to do to fix it? Oh, my gosh. So such a great question. Yeah. What's, so it wasn't anything the the how was not exciting at all <laughs> I didn't because at the time I lived in Colorado in a very active community where we were hiking and skiing and we were doing all these things that you would expect a spine injury to happen but that's not how it happened I literally tripped and fell and it was enough and it, I was actually working at the time unfortunately and so it immediately went into a workman comp situation which 
kind of prolonged things. And um, so after about a year, I finally was able to get out of a work the work comp situation and be able to use my own medical insurance and start seeing the doctors that I wanted to see. And it was something where it was, we got to just open you up and see what's happening. And so I did, I did the surgery. Um, they were saying it's probably going to be about an hour and a half to two hours. And it ended up being almost an eight hour surgery because once they got in, they saw that I had ruptured a disc and it had severely damaged this, my nerves. And so I basically came out and they're like, mm, we did what we could. And, but there's a good chance that you're just going to be this way for the rest of your life. And so what was wrong with me is I was in severe pain. I had lost all my, um, I couldn't, if I was sitting here with you, I, the only way I could sit here, it would be to hold up my head because all the muscles in my neck stopped working. I couldn't feel my left hand. I couldn't use my left hand, but most of all, I was just in severe pain and, so I walked out going, okay, what, you know, what is this all about? Like here I have been on this journey of healing my whole life and now I'm in this situation. So I went and it took a little while. I had to get off all the medication and, um, and that was an ordeal in itself. And then there was just one day I just, I had my massage table that I would always go, my healing table, I would go and lay on and I was laying down and I just said, I said it out loud. I was like, you know what? If this is how I'm supposed to live the rest of my life, I'm good with that. I'm good. Like I am going, I'll do it and I'll be happy and I will make my way. But if there's something else I'm supposed to be doing, like show me. And so I kind of went into an altered state and I could feel there was this big, huge rush of energy moving down my spine and I could literally feel my spine was cracking. I, it was like somebody was giving me an adjustment, right? And in that moment, this huge light turned on and I started to notice it was turning on in my cells, not just the cells of my spine, but in my whole entire body. And me knowing how to trace energy and be able to see what cannot be seen, I started tracing what was happening and, but I still didn't even really know I was doing it because I was in such an altar. It was like having a dream, right? So I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I got up from my meditation, didn't even think twice of it. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, nothing at all. I didn't even know anything had happened. I went to go get my dog. I started walking and I looked down and I was holding his leash in my left hand. And I said, I realized in that moment I was, I was like kind of still in an altered state. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not in pain. Oh my gosh, I ha I'm holding <laughs> his leash in my left hand, that which I hadn't done in over a year. So I, that's how I was, oh, I healed myself. And then I had to go back in and really trace the frequency of how I did it and what had happened. And that's really what got me starting to heal and reprogram on a cellular level. Whoa, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so it's your thoracic spine where the problem was it's yeah it was my c6-7 mm -hmm. okay it's more yeah i guess that's cervix cervical let me ask you this question if you had another accident today would you go back into the would you rely on the allopathic 
medicine to fix you or would you practice what you know? I always say to start with the, I call it the intelligence, like the intelligence of the DNA, right? And it's because the truth is my spine injury is, is in some ways is still there. If I really wanted to go to the, I guess the frequency of my spine injury, I would still be in pain right now. What happened when this, when the frequency was released from my cells is it raised the frequency of my body. And I was meeting that frequency consciously. And that was creating my body being in a healing state. There are times that if I, my frequency lowers for whatever reason, that it's still there. I still feel it. And so I feel like that's a big part of healing is what, because our body is multidimensional. And so wherever we're holding consciousness in the experience of what dimension our, our body is in is going to be our experience. And so all I've done is moved my consciousness and match the frequency of where my body is above that. I would definitely start there. It, but I am going to say we have modern medicine for a reason. I never say dismiss it if that's like where you want to go, because it's all an illusion anyways. If taking an aspirin makes you feel better, then take it. But you're doing it from a state of consciousness, knowing that the aspirin doesn't even really exist. And if we can hold consciousness in that space continuously, then why wouldn't we play in the matrix, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's an interesting, it's an interesting concept because, it, as you say, it's like we're creating all of it. Is there any coincidence that they call the operating room the theater? Like we live in this theater called Planet Earth, this play, this theater, and we're making it all up as we go along. So, yeah, so it's interesting. If you have more faith in the allopathic system, then go there. Like if that's where your faith is, is that where your belief is? But if your belief is in yourself, then go there. That's what I feel. And I want I people to take back that self-belief, you know, to take it back rather than put it in the in the other or the system. Mm. I agree. I feel like we start with you because we are so incredibly powerful and I do feel there is some, it's not always the best place to get stuck in the system. And, but if we're doing it extremely consciously and we're choosing what we want to experience and we're not getting sucked into the brainwashing of you know what whether it's true or not of what we're being told and we're always holding the truth for what we know for ourselves i feel like there can be value there if that's the last resort <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what you're saying is that your your spinal injury is still there and when you move into a frequency that allows it to um, manifest the symptoms you'll have pain again so what you're saying is that you have to maintain a high feeling vibration to sort of be out of that alternate reality where pain exists and stay happy stay in peace you know not get too frustrated too angry too ornery is that what you're saying like stay in a higher vibe 
Yeah, that would be the experience of what it would be more consciously, if you will. But then it's also doing things to keep my body itself at a high frequency. So that's continuing to release that frequency through the DNA and always attuning my consciousness to that frequency. Because really what what I'm finding is that when we start to release that frequency and it's the frequency is measured at 963 if you're going to put it in a Hertz wave, but it's also a scalar wave. And that's what we're using. Once that is released, your body literally does raise in frequency. And then where is your consciousness? It's in your body. So it's kind of like they're always working together, but I see it as let's keep turning the body on, like to keep turning on that other 90% and then let consciousness catch up to what's actually happening. Because the truth is our body is already at that frequency, right? But we have to go in and kind of actively participate in the ascension of the body. Because right now the way our cells are working is that they're looking into the environment. It's where they've been programmed, right? Because we're programmed to look into our environment to see what the truth is. What is happening? What is this? I'm naming this, I'm naming this. But that's not what's true because we're seeing through a programmed reality, a programmed mind. And the cells are doing the same thing. That's why the DNA and for most of us, it, the DNA is, is distorted because it's also observing its environment, which is your thoughts in your body and all of the other stuff that we experience. But when we start to turn on the DNA and this frequency is released, it's already there. All we're doing is saying, okay, this is what we want our experience to be. Then it turns on and the cells immediately know, this is my innate being. This is what I am. I'm not what's out here. I'm this. And so the, the cells start to attune to this. And then all of a sudden they're an expression of an intelligence or a frequency. And they're no longer seeking the environment of the body to be told what to do. And that's what is it doing? Well, I can tell you one thing I've that has happened for me, which I feel is kind of groundbreaking. And I'm really excited to continue testing this with other people. But I get, I had my blood taken to have my telomere length and my biological age and all those things tested. I took my telomere age from 37 to 19 years old in 10 months. That's amazing. That's wonderful. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We were talking about telomeres on the last show with Joshua and the telomeres are the ends of the the chromosomes, the DNA that mm -hmm. that reduce, that fray, that decrease over time. And scientists say that this is the cause of aging of the body. That's one of the things that they've um, pointed out. That I first heard about this doing a healing course like twenty five years ago. And what was really interesting is the woman that was teaching the course was a psychic, and she was working as a psychic, and she was seeing all this stuff visually. And she didn't really understand it because she wasn't, um, she didn't do medicine or physiology. You know, she hadn't studied anything. She hadn't studied the body. And, and she went to a scientist and a doctor and she, she drew these pictures and she said, what am I seeing? And he said, oh, you're seeing the telomeres. Like he explained to her and gave her the names of all this stuff. And yeah, the, the telomeres. So you took it from 37 to 19. That's, that's amazing. I've been thinking about this stuff for a long time. It's so synchronistic. 
because Jules reached out to me and I really didn't know what she was on about. I'm like, oh, yeah, she sounds good. I didn't really didn't know what we were going to talk about today. So it's fantastic how synchronicity works. Yeah, because I said to Josh, who's, you know, he's like nearly 50 and he looks about 30. Uh, I believe that we can all be 100 and look like him, you know, like look like that. Yeah. Totally agree. And, you know, it's funny, the same, something kind of similar happened to me. I started seeing, this is actually another kind of cool story, and I won't go into it too much, but an, a friend of mine had passed away and he was 22. He died on his 22nd birthday. And he came to me after he passed away and gave me an equation of cell ascension. It basically, his, what he was saying is that we're not supposed to die. And from the other side, he was showing me how the DNA is distorted and how it's actually supposed to be functioning. And I mean, by the time I was done, I had equations and images and there was one he kept going back to. And um, now I know what it is. It's mito mitochondria. But at the time I was like calling it something else because I thought that's what he was saying. And everyone's like, are you talking about this? And I was like, oh yeah, probably. But I didn't even know what it was. And so it's a huge part of, of cell ascension is our mitochondria. And I won't go into the details of it, but come June, I'm going to come out with the full equation because I'm so close to having it done. And by then I really do feel like we're going to do it. We're going to send the body. And I feel really blessed that I was able to receive the information that he was giving. And I'm curious if there's others that are kind of picking up on the same frequency and reading it as well, but things are about to get really good. <laughs> things are about to get really good. Yeah. I'm sure there are others because this is, this is the time. I said to my guides, you know, I, I I don't want to be like I turned 60 a couple of years ago and I'm like, I don't want to be and I don't want to be an old person. I don't want to live that. I don't want to be an old person. And they laughed at me and they said, well, we'll review that when you get there. And I said, well, if aging means not aging, then I'm happy to stay for as long as I need to stay. <laughs> and they just laugh at me. They just laugh at all my human failings, all my human <laughs> ideas and thoughts. But uh, yeah, so as I am aging, I'm having these conversations with you and, and Josh and other people about about not aging. And um, yeah, it is exciting. It's really exciting. So what you're saying is that the um, the nine six three frequency was that the frequency that you said is the is the default frequency of the body, which is a high frequency. So a baby uh, that is born before it interferes or or um yeah interferes with that frequency but we um because of our conditioned thought forms and our limiting beliefs we impact that frequency we change that frequency because of what we believe about who we are because we identify the body as us you know we say this body is me this is me is who i am and i am not good enough and i am sick and i am this and i am that and so we interfere with that frequency and we change that frequency. And then with that, those lower vibrational frequencies allow distortion and disease and imbalance to occur. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You know, that's such an interesting 
so for the average, the average human body is measured at 7.5 Hertz. That's a really low frequency, but you have to think this isn't, we're not measuring emotions. We're not measuring thoughts. We're not emoting, but like, it's not the, um, like shame is measured at 20 Hertz. It's not that it's the actual physical form of the body is measured at 7.5 Hertz on average. I'd be curious to see what a baby measures at because you're measuring the density, right? Not their brain waves, not the way they're thinking, not their consciousness, it's their physical body. And then we have consciousness that is programmed to be an observation in order to see what's real. And then that continues the distortion, but it also creates timelines. Because if you think about what creates time, it's observation. Well, what are we observing? Well, we're observing a programmed reality, but every time that we're agreeing to something, it's we create a timeline. And so we're also doing the same with our body and our cells are following. So I'm not really sure how to answer that question because it's a little different to measure consciousness or an emotion versus density. And that's what we're talking about is the density. So the actual density of our body is 7.5. And what our goal is to get the density of our body, which at that point won't be dense, to the frequency of 963. Mm. The conversation I had at the end of last year, the last conversation I had on the show was with Gail, who has created a harmonic egg. Have you heard of that, uh, the harmonic egg, which is a structure that is um, is light, sound, sacred geometry. It's like a capsule and that you sit in and meditate. Um, there's nothing else but light, sound and, and sacred geometry and meditate, which helps you shift your frequency, shift your frequency. But you can't untangle the frequency of consciousness and the body because they're interacting together. So when you change your frequency of your consciousness, it's going to change the frequency of your cells, right? That is true to some extent because I feel like, yes, that that, that would be basic. Uh, that would be, I would say, basic evolution. As we evolve consciously, the body will evolve as well. But the, I feel like we're doing doing it wrong <laughs> because the body already knows how to be that the body already the body is way more advanced than what we give it credit for i mean it is the most advanced technology there is and we literally have the source code transcribed in our dna and once that's released our, the frequency of our body raises so we're doing all these things like going and sitting in an egg or going and meditating. And when we meditate, we have our consciousness expand, right? We're like, oh, I'm going to go here. I'm going to astral travel. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And we kind of leave the body behind when we go to these really high frequencies. But when we turn that inside out and we actually let the body raise in frequency, it actually becomes the technology that we're using outside of ourselves because we keep creating things outside of ourselves because really what we're doing is we're creating what we already are, but we think we have to make it outside of ourselves, but we're just reflecting. I mean, even with AI coming up and getting super advanced and there's all these people freaking out about it, 
we're, we're creating what we already are. We just are, it's like, we don't, it hasn't clicked yet, but it's starting to, and we're starting to understand that. So the point is to raise the frequency of the body so that you are the egg, you are the meditation, you are the sound healing, you are the quantum technology, and then your consciousness is always there. So you don't have to go do anything to make that happen. It's just that it is all you have to do is attune to it. Just like I said, I call it the Google system. <laughs> like you are Google. If you need to know something or have an experience, it's just ask for that frequency to be, to be turned on in your DNA. And then you have it because you, every, everything you need to know is there and your body can immediately have that frequency If your body is the frequency of source. You are everything. Yes. I understand the journey but we've got to unravel the conditioning, the, the, the collective conditioning of, um, this is why I asked you that question of if you got sick, would you go into the allopathic system? Because that allopathic system is the dominant collective idea of healing, right? So I'm sick, I take a pill or I see a doctor. It's like our, it's our conditioning. That's where we go. And what I have seen is I have seen people that have been healers all their lives and they get cancer or some terrible diagnosis and they go for the surgery or the doctor, even though they've taught and practiced energetic healing. And I find that really interesting. <laughs> I find and that really always, interesting. You know, I always dance around that question because for me personally, I like, I mean, I'm Gerson certified. I'm all, I've been studying natural healing since I was 16, right? I, I'm also very, very healthy. Like I, I know that my body is capable of anything. I always dance around that question because it has to be a personal choice. And there's so many people that will listen to somebody like me or somebody like you. And they're like, well, if they can heal instantly, then I should too. And then they suffer for years and that's just, that's why I say, you know, at some point, if it's going to make you feel better to take an Advil, then take an Advil and then go back and work on what you're capable consciously. But when you're constantly looping in the cycle of pain, it can be really hard to do that. So that's why I answered that question. I feel like it's a question that it can be a tricky one. Because I don't want every, I don't want somebody to suffer because they struggle to heal themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen this with healers. I've seen very famous healers who have created healing modalities, consciousness healing, meditation healing modalities, you know, take cancer patients and say, well, if I cured myself of cancer, you can too. And the patient or the client just doesn't shift and gets worse and worse and worse and the healer thinks well if it happened for me why doesn't it happen for you yeah it's interesting yeah it's really interesting so getting back to the body is the egg what is the difference between um because you were in meditation when you were experiencing the healing so what is the difference between using a meditation to shift your you know your awareness your consciousness and being in a meditation to shift the cells of your body, is it one and the same? Yeah. So just to be honest, I don't actually meditate anymore. Um, I think that we, 
at least for myself, you kind of life becomes the meditation because you get so good at kind of being able to know where your consciousness is, if you will, if you're in your programming or if you're in what I call the field, the frequency. But what so what I've created is is coding. So I and I just code. I code every day. And what the what I do is I turn the codes on. I see the codes turning on in my DNA. And then once the frequency is released, I put it into what I call my quantum body. And so the quantum body is when I start to see my body as a light system, almost like the inside of a computer system. I am the technology. And so I've gotten really good about seeing my body in that way as well. And so then I learned to attune my consciousness to that and what you find is that it's a real thing and that it has an intelligence and that it can do things that maybe I couldn't do if I was in the experience of my physical body. And some examples are definitely um, physical things like being able to go hike for 12 hours and not feel tired at the end because you're hiking in your quantum body and your quantum body doesn't get tired. Um, so there's just some things like that, but also some more healing and all the things that we're talking about can happen a lot faster there. But the, I would say the biggest difference is that you stop identifying in the primal body. You stop identifying in emotion and the chemical responses and all the things that we start to loop in and you start identifying as frequency And that's a huge conscious shift, but you're doing it because your body is guiding you. So that you turn the body on and then consciousness follows. It's almost like catching up with what the body's already doing because it was constantly showing you what's capable, but you're actively participating in what that is. So you turn the body on, then consciousness follows. That's the direct opposite of what most people are saying. But I think that what you're saying, I'm just trying to fit it into other conversations that I've had with um, people, healers like Tannis, Tannis Halliwell talks about the elemental of the body, the consciousness of the body, and she calls that Henry. She gave it a name. Like and she <laughs> talks to Henry, right? So she's talking to, like she's given the consciousness of the body, the intelligence of the body a name, and she calls that Henry. She wrote a book about it. So that's what you're saying. You're You're communicating or conversing with the intelligence of the body because the body in and of itself has its own consciousness. Is that what you're saying? I would say it has an intelligence and then we use consciousness as the tool to listen to what the intelligence is saying. I see, I think the fine line there is, and this just takes practice, right? Is am I listening to the intelligence of the body that is programmed because a big part of our body is in the 10% of a programmed system. And that's aging, that's disease, that's I'm tired, that's that I'm allergic, I'm this, I'm that. Mm -hmm. Or are you attuning to the intelligence that's the quantum, that's in the 90% that you can't see? You can sense, you can use your intuition and all of those beautiful things. And then, of course, well, what level of intuition am I using? Am I using it based in primal or am I really attuning outside of my own programming in order to receive information? And that's a big part of what we love. I personally love to teach is 
the fine tuning of consciousness because consciousness is just a tool because at the end, once we master the other 90% of our potential, we become the intelligence and consciousness is no longer needed. We're just intelligence. And that's when observation completely goes away and we're just an expression of intelligence. So if you think about what is consciousness, it's always observing. It's either observing the intelligence, it's observing source, or it's observing its reality, but it's always fine tuning. It's And where you are consciousness is going to be the information that you're receiving. If you're completely unconscious, well, you're going to have that experience. If you're conscious and what frequency you're holding is going to be what you're able to hold consciously. But once we meet the frequency of 963 with our consciousness as the body, then we just become intelligent. We don't need observation anymore because the intelligence is everything. It is, we don't need to absorb, observe source. We are source. The only reason we're observing it is because we're separate from it. Yeah. You've got me thinking. I've never <laughs> heard I've never heard it put like that. I want to go back to what you said. No, I can't remember what it was. Um okay. What part of the body are you talking to? Are you talking to the programmed aspect of the body or are you talking to the intelligent part of the body? Like what part? Because I'm thinking of a girlfriend who's allergic to cats, right? And she's a healer. She's done every healing course you can. <laughs> she's just, I've never seen anyone do so many healing courses. Anyway, so I'm like, change that, you know, deprogram that. And because uh, I've got a cat and every time she comes over, she suffers. Oh. And uh She's like, we can do that. We can do that. So we've done that a few times. And then she comes over and she suffers like the poor thing. She sits here because I have a few groups in my house. And so for an hour or two, you know, she's talking to people. We're having a lovely time. She'll be okay. And then it starts and the eyes start watering. And and then she's like just this red hot mess, you know, with the allergies. And the cats might not even be there, but she said, oh, the fur's in the house. And so, um yeah. What, what do you want to say to somebody like that who is, you know, like, so the body has allergies? Who has the allergies? Her or the body? What's going on? I would say it's the program body, right? Because I do feel like there are, there is an epigenetic um, code for allergies or it like, or it just works up because of some of overloading the body with something. But I don't think we have to go into the whole science of allergies, but that would be the, the looping cycle of the cell and and reading information from its environment. And that's how epigenetics get turned on. And Dr. Bruce Lipton has already proven this, right? That the environment of our body and our what we're telling ourselves is, is has an effect on epigenetics. But if that's not true, and we actually move into the intelligence and the cell starts to identify in the frequency stored in the DNA and doesn't observe to be told what to, it is or what it's supposed to be doing it's just observing the frequency of source then we start to bypass things like that so i would say that her body is and that's how we all are functioning it doesn't mean that she's doing anything wrong that's literally the way our body is programmed to behave but only because we keep putting our consciousness in the observation of the program body. If we start turning this on and we start shifting our focus over into this other 90% of our potential, of, of our DNA, of our, of our mind, of the brain, all of those different things, like they scientifically have measured, 
then what are we? Well, we're not going to be worrying about being allergic to cats anymore. We're going to be so much more. <laughs> we'll turn around and laugh at what we were at 10%. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be worried about it. Well, I feel like I feel like I'm talking to ET technology, and I, I guess I am, but I feel like I feel like they look at us in all our suffering. And they live this, what you're talking about, they live this as their default way of living. And they look at us in all our suffering, our allergies and this and that, and they think, you know, it's so unnecessary, just jump into this new reality. I'm I'm thinking about that movie Limitless, which Joshua alluded to, and I didn't end up discussing it with him last week, where are the guys in the plane crash and he, he thinks everyone dies but him or, and some other person and that he saves and he has a relationship with. And um, and he thinks, he starts to think, I'm limitless. Like there's nothing that can harm me. I, I didn't die. I'm limitless. And so in the limited idea of him, he was really allergic to strawberries. But in the unlimited idea of him, he's, he's scoffing those strawberries and nothing's happening. <laughs> You've seen the movie, right? I haven't, but I'm going to have to watch it because you're like, ironically I think you're the second or third person that's brought that up in just the last couple of weeks so I'm like okay I'm listening I'm gonna watch well, they, it <laughs> I think they've even made a you know a series called Limitless which kind of moves into the scene but anyway and right at the end his wife doesn't like the new him because he's arrogant and he's out there trying to heal the world and she liked the sort of humble allergic one you know and she wants him to come back please come back please come back and right at the end, he comes back to his default, like his old limited idea of himself. And then he puts a strawberry in his mouth and he has this anaphylactic reaction. And I think that's the end of the movie. I'm sorry if I spoil it. But, um, but the, you know, the idea is like this one mindset where he feels limitless and he can do all this stuff that he couldn't do before. And then there's another mindset where he feels limited. But it's still... So the body is reacting to his mind. It's still the mind over the body rather than the body over the mind, right? But I still feel like both of those experiences are still the program body because even with like schizophrenia, they have, or multi, multi, what is it? Multiple personalities. The same kind of thing can happen in studies. Like one personality is allergic to something and another personality isn't. I st because right. it's the observed mind of the body and it's still all the programming. What we're talking about is beyond that. It, it's way beyond that. It, it's talking, we're talking, putting ourselves into a higher spin state to where they're literally vibrating in a frequency that is much higher than what we're experiencing right now. And then the body starts to function in a completely different way. And one of those ways is that epigenetics turn off and the, the cells start to move into the ascension process. I call it cell ascension. And the cells start behaving differently. And some of those things are reversing aging. And we get rid of things like allergies and those all these little things that we're so entangled in. And that's what my friend Vale was showing me. It's like, none of this is the way the body is even supposed to be functioning. It's supposed to be this. Okay. So you said that even emotion is out of the equation and what is there is just pure intelligence. 
So what does that look like as a person that is not an emotional person? Like, is it Mr. Spock from Star Trek who has no emotion? <laughs> you know, like, what does that look like where you're living in the intelligent flow and you're not kind of in that emotional body? What does that look like? It's so funny how we have this saying that emotion is what makes us human. And that's true, but it makes us the programmed human. It, it's the programmed reality of what human is. Because if you really think about what is an emotion, it's a chemical response of the body. Dopamine, serotonin, all of those are chemicals that our body releases and then we feel them as an emotion. So the best way that I like to describe it is emotion in the program body is like a Hertz wave. So you can see it if you strum a guitar, you hear the vibration, you maybe if you're close enough, you feel the vibration of it. And then after a little while, it goes away. <laughs> Same thing with the frequency of oxytocin, you falling in love with somebody, your body starts releasing it so that you have sex and we continue as a species. <laughs> like literally that's what it is. Yeah. But then after a while it goes away. So we're, we're on an emotional roller coaster. Sometimes I feel good. And then I do this and then I want to eat. I want to shop. I want to, we do things to release the chemical so that we feel something. Right. body. When we move into the intelligence or the higher frequency body, the quantum body, then it's measured in a scalar wave. A scalar wave or a scalar frequency does not diminish over time and space. And it is always the exact same frequency. Unless you do something to come in and alter it and move it, it takes a lot to shift the frequency of a scalar wave. So the frequency of love is measured at 528 hertz. Well, you can convert that into a scalar wave we are scalar wave beings. Right now we're experiencing Hertz waves because we're in observation where we're in the programming of the body. The quantum body is a scalar wave. So if you wanna feel love, ching, it's there and you feel love and you feel the exact same frequency of love regardless of what, who you're with because you're just in the frequency of love. It could be you, it could be my brother, it could be my daughter, it could be my mom, it could be, but it's it, it's just love. It's not conditioned love. It's not oxytocin love. It's not a child. Like it's not a primal frequency or a primal emotion of love. It's a frequency. And that's what we eventually move into is that we're very stable. Yeah. Getting back to observation. It's So what we're doing when we're not in that frequency of love actually what we're doing when we are in that frequency of love too is observing and judging and, and and deciding you're beautiful i love you you're great i'm connecting to you i feel good when i'm with you so observation and decision i don't like you you know you're an idiot yeah, blah, 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 observation so we're doing that observing thing so what you're saying is this this constant scalar wave frequency of love is living outside of judgment it's living outside of judgment I mean you're still a, you can't not observe I don't, yeah. or, or can you I don't know how to live outside of well, observation 
I, I eventually I do feel like we're going to move into a space of non-observation, but the beginning parts of that is attuning consciousness to the intelligence, right? So you're not attuning to the consciousness of intelligence and you're saying, I want to feel love. No, you're just like, you're in it. Yeah. And you just know, you know, this is love. This is, and really you're not, you're not searching for anything anymore. You're just in the stillness of the frequency of the, I call it the intelligence. You can put source, God, whatever you want to put. It's a different way of living and it's very stable because you're not up and down depending on what's happening in your environment because you're putting your consciousness here, not here. So when it's here, you still know everything. You're still aware of everything. You're still making choices, but you're doing it by attuning your consciousness from the intelligence from within you versus trying to figure it out by looking at the observation of your programming. I'm trying to fit all this into what I've been teaching for years because I really feel like what you're talking about, it's next level, next step. So with the teaching of deliberate creation, you know, we say that your emotion is your guidance system because it's it's feedback to what you're believing to be true or thinking, a thought. So a thought holds a frequency and you know what that frequency is because you feel it and you feel it as an emotion. So when I feel good, I'm holding a thought that's in alignment with maybe something that I desire or something that I want, whether that desire to be to move into that, you know, intelligence um, you feel whether you're there, you, you know whether you're there because you feel it. So, and when you feel bad, that the intelligent, the emotional body is showing you that you're believing a thought that is not in alignment with what you want. So how does that fit into this? If you're not using your emotional guidance system, how does that fit into this? So if we're getting to a place where we're actually feeling an emotion in order to get information in this case, which is really like, I feel like you're, you're right on. Like if we're feeling an emotion, it's giving us information. But when we start to fine tune our consciousness to the intelligence, when we start to feel, I call it static, you actually get, you're so fine tuned that you feel the static first and then you have the choice in that moment okay do i play this all the way out through my programming or do i move my consciousness into the intelligence and receive the same information without having to go through the emotional body to do it i and then you start to see everything as the one to the two to the three because as soon as we observe something boom we're in our programming but we can use, we use program reality to actually ascend. So as soon as we're aware, oh, I just almost when I went into a judgment or, oh, this is good or bad, boom, we know that we just met the frequency of our environment. That could be our thoughts. That could be our body. This could be another person. And then in that moment, we step back. Okay. I'm going to, I am in observation. And then what happens is, okay. I noticed I did it. So here was me in my programming, having this experience. Now there's me witnessing the me that's in the programming. But then there's always a third one that's up here because anytime there's two, there's always three. And this is the intelligence that we can. So then we move our consciousness up here and we start to attune. And then all of a sudden these two go away and then we're attuned into what is it really? 
And we can do that on a physical level. And then we bypass the emotional looping cycle. I get it. You've just explained how I live my life. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So, But I would put it like this. There is the ego me, the ego that desires, that wants. I love her. Like, I don't want to get rid of her. I actually love her. She's, in, you know, she's exciting. She's funny. <laughs> you know, she suffers. She wants, she desires. And then there is the higher self me, which I am in constant communication with. I call it my guides or my mob, like that stream of intelligence, whatever you want to call it. Irreverently, I've called it the mob. Or sometimes I call it my guidance that has that higher perspective on everything that's happening. And I can just move into that higher perspective and witness life through that perspective, which is non-judgmental, which is everything that you're talking about, that intelligence or not. And I have that choice at any moment. And then there is the witness. The first time I experienced the witness was when I was a young girl and I was suffering over some breakup with a boy and I'm crying and, you know, like, woe is me, poor me, no one's ever going to love me. And then I had this experience of another aspect of me watching me as if I was watching a television show, like eating popcorn going, hmm, interesting, you know, like this part this was watching me crying. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, that was the first time I experienced what you call the witness, like something was observing. There was another aspect of me observing me and my suffering. But I wouldn't have called that, I don't know if, if that was like the higher self or the intelligence, but there was this part like, that was ob- observing. Like that's actually where a lot of people get hooked. Because like, I feel like a lot of us have, we have thoughts and then we can easily observe those thoughts. And, but that's not going to change us because the observer is still in the same frequency as where the thought is, right? It's almost like the ego is observing the ego, right? Mm -hmm. But they're like, but I'm observing my own thoughts. And it's like, yeah, you're observing your own thoughts from the same frequency that your thoughts are in. It's like, we really do have to, to attune ourselves to an intelligence beyond that, to be able to disintegrate and get to that higher perspective, if you will. And right. that, takes, that takes practice and attuning because the ego is so tricky. And that's when we come up with thoughts like, well, everything's happening for me, so it'll be okay. But we're not actually like changing the frequency of our experience. We're just like the ego is telling this thought process so it feels better, but we're not actually holding the frequency of the truth of that to where our body can actually relax in and move past the emotional system that wants to keep us looping. And say that from a frequency where it's not even a belief, it's a knowing. Yeah. Have to move into a knowing. And what I mean by knowing is that you know it's true so deeply in your heart space or in your bones or in the intelligence in God that it doesn't yeah. matter what's going on around you. Yeah, you know it like you know it, which is I think that when you're saying you bypass the emotional body, you move into rather than using the emotion to to inform you of your belief or your thoughts or your consciousness in that moment, you're just in knowing, which bypasses the feeling. It's like, how do you know that? I don't. I just know that. It's like, did you feel it? No, I just know it. It's like that. It's that rather than using that emotional guidance system, maybe that emotional guidance system is, I have to say the first time I heard about it through Esther and Jerry Hicks, 
it just, it so made sense because as humans, we so suffer over our emotions, not understanding that it's just, it's information being given to us, but we just suffer. It's really no different than the way we receive information in other ways. It's just because we all are multi-sensory, right? And what I think is really interesting is that as we start to advance this other 90%, all of our senses start to move into the what we're explaining with the emotional body. It starts to happen with everything. So we start to see before we see. We start to hear before we hear. We start to know before we know because we're so tapped into attuning to the intelligence that that gap between knowing what the information is and our consciousness gets really, really small. And that's why we don't actually, we get to a place where we don't really go into emotion in order to get information. We're just in the frequency of the information and in, in frequency, there's no judgment. So you don't feel like, oh, I want to not feel that. It's oh, that's just this. It's just this. It's just this. It's just this. And there's no, oh, well, that's what I want this. I want this. I want this. I want this. Or I don't want that. It's just, that's what it is. And now I have a choice. That's what it is. And now I have a choice, but you're not looking into your programming to find the answer of what the choice is. You just attune back into the, into the intelligence and you listen and then you act, you listen and then you act and it becomes the listen and do. I'm loving this conversation. <laughs> I am absolutely loving this conversation. Uh, so when you were a young girl, you said that somebody noticed that you had this expanded awareness. So in that expanded awareness that, you know, what I see psychic ability or expanded awareness or conscious, you know, you've defined consciousness as observation or awareness, right? So, you know, as a psychic, or, or, or like they, they've deemed it on, you know, television shows, they call it the mentalist. And they say to the mentalist, are you psychic? And the mentalist says, no, I'm not psychic. I'm just very observant. I'm very aware of what's happening around me, which is actually what psychic ability is. Like when you tune into somebody's body, you become aware of the frequency of their body. You become aware of their thoughts. You, be, you know, you look into the body. So you're using that awareness, that consciousness, which is probably what you were doing as a young girl. How did that change when you moved into the intelligent body rather than the awareness, the psychic awareness? It just gave me chills just how big of a difference it is. You know, you, the first thing that I noticed was my sensitivities to my environment went away. I mean, I used to not be able to have like a TV on. I wouldn't be able to go to groups of people and go to like concerts. I was, I always chose just so that I could be at peace, right? When I turn, I call it turning it inside out because instead of my like attuning to everything out here, I started attuning to the intelligence for information. I can do anything. Right. it doesn't matter what's going on around me. It doesn't matter if a TV's on. It doesn't matter if I'm in a crowd. I can remember going to a concert for the first time since I had this happen. And I was just in awe. I was like, oh my gosh. Like I had somebody break out in a fight and get a bloody nose right in front of my face. And I didn't even, nothing happened. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I should have a reaction to this. But I was just like, oh, 
that's what's happening. And I knew I was safe and like it, it was, but I didn't have a reaction to it. And I was like, okay, something is definitely happening here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Cause as a young girl, I was like that too. And when I started doing these energy healing workshops, my psychic ability expanded, my consciousness expanded and my sensitivity expanded and my awareness expanded and going to the supermarket was torture because I was so aware of all everything around me and being in groups was torture. I actually remember as a young girl, people wanted me to go to rock concerts and I didn't want to go because I couldn't be in groups. So that sensitivity and then working on myself for years and I think I was in my 40s and I was out one night in a bar, sleazy bar in a beachside <laughs> suburb, lots of drunk people, you know, like just that chaos that you get in the nightlife. And I remember thinking, I'm cool. I'm here. <laughs> I'm cool. Like here I am with all this. Like I'm cool. And I, you know, I didn't know what had happened, but I I guess I'd moved into the as you call it, the intelligence. And out of that sensitivity. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like it's just a different way of receiving information. Instead of I call it bottom feeding when you're have every antenna out and you're just picking up on everything. And, and we, and the truth is our bodies are actually, our programmed body is actually programmed to seek out danger, whether we're aware of it or not. And we, even the mere neurons of our brain are trying to match the environment, whether it's through frequency or behavior. And, but if we're, but we are conscious beings where we can actually override the programming of our body. If we can say, okay, I'm safe. I don't actually have to go and bottom feed and find the lowest frequency in the room in order to be safe anymore. Or I don't have to match somebody's behavior in order to not kicked out of the tribe, right? Like it's a, it's an animal instinct. And so we can override those things. And once we start to realize consciously, oh, okay, so I can just keep my home frequency regardless of what's going on around me. And then if I have a signal of information, I can read the information and I'll know, okay, is this important for me to know? And if it's not, okay, I'm going to release it. I just see it as interesting. Not that, it, but it takes work to get there. You know, we do actually have to practice <laughs> in, in order to get to this more advanced state because we have to fine tune our consciousness so much that we know, okay, I'm either in the intelligence or I'm in my programming. And just that right there is all you have to know. And that's what the awareness is. And then you get to have fun and all of the stuff that's there. <laughs> so I'm either in the intelligence or I'm in my programming. I'm either in my love frequency or I'm in judgment. You could say the same thing. Like I'm either in love or I'm in judgment, in the intelligence or in the programming. Yeah, because the programming is to judge, criticize, decide, be set, feel separate. And the intelligence is we're all one frequency. We're all one energy. You are me, I'm you. We're all just God having fun. <laughs> We're all, we're all, yeah. I, I mean, I would say even on, you know, we always go to be in a programmed the programming is is all the negative stuff but it's it's also the positive stuff right it's like when we are seeking to feel love and we're doing it through our programming is when we are doing this 
Yes. <laughs> you know, the thing that the thing that has been sort of getting me is this word success. Like we're all striving for success. I want to be successful, which in the human programming is what we're all looking for, right? I want the business to work. I want to be successful. But that's programming too. Like why do you want to be successful? So I feel good. Can't you feel good now without being successful? I mean, that is programming too. Like you said, the positive stuff, be successful, be successful, strive, be successful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I always say intention is it's useful in that it allows us to release a frequency that's beyond where we are. So if our intention is to be successful, then being, we turn on that frequency and then we can attune to that frequency and follow it with the listen and do. But really beyond that, then we're just leaping in our programming because we're trying to create from our own programming something new and it's just going to keep us looping. But intention, if it's done in the right way, then it gives us a place to focus our consciousness in a frequency that's higher than where we are. So you've moved into this awareness, this wrong word, way of living, way of being in the world. What does that look like in your daily life? Like what, what does that look like when you come, you know, when you come up against what life offers, traffic jams, weather problems, people who insult you, like, accidents what does living inside that intelligence look like to you it's the surrender of thought uh, over and over again it's it's that awareness of where am I experiencing this friend and to be honest like I have fine-tuned myself to it enough that I don't have a lot of things really that kind of rock me. <laughs> um, I, I really have fine-tuned it. And, and I'm so fine-tuned that I, when I do start to kind of go into the programming, I catch myself really quickly. So I would say I probably spend most of my time when I'm in the intelligence of exploring what it is to live beyond like what we experience at the body. And so things like when I'm eating, let's say, it's like I'm aware that I'm eating and putting something in my mouth and I'm feeding my body on some level, but then I'm attuning into the con the conscious or I'm attuning my consciousness into the intelligence. And I'm like, what is this when I'm in the other 90%? And, and it'll show me, it'll show me what my body looks like and I'll see a frequency release and it alters the button. So if I need energy, it's like you literally just press a button and that frequency is released. And then I have the experience and that's not even a hundred percent. I am only able to get up to maybe like 40, 30%. So when we turn on another 30 to 40% of our body, we won't be eating anymore. We'll be doing it through frequency. Yeah, absolutely which is something that I've explored on the show with people who call themselves breatharians. Have you heard of Jasmine? She's an Australian teacher. She's been a breatharian for years. Yeah, living she's living in that state and when you have a conversation with her it's like it's like speaking to someone who's just constantly channeling. It's like she doesn't go into channel. She's just every word it's just like she's constantly channeling source energy when you're speaking with her. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This has been an amazing conversation. I've loved it. I'd like to 
dive deeper into it. Just, just wonderful. Just wonderful. Is there anything else you want to share with people before we go? Gosh, I feel like we just covered everything that I would want to cover. It it was, you did an amazing job. And I just feel like it was such a, a sweet but powerful conversation. So I guess if there was anything, I just invite you if this, this sparked interest at all to, you know, just start to surrender to, you know, what would it be if I was the most advanced technology there is and that everything that I need to know and everything that I need to experience is a frequency that's within me. Yeah. I live my life. Like what would be different and just start exploring, be curious. That's where it all starts. I feel like you've explained the technology of what spiritual teachers have talked about when they say living in the now. You know, there's a lot of people that talk about living in the now. And then as humans, we're always living in the the future. You know, what's going to happen in 2024? <laughs> or living in the past. I couldn't do it before, so I can't do it now. But that I think that you've just given us this sort of intelligent technology of what it's like to live in the now, to just be connected to that intelligence that is only in the now, that is not... Um, worrying, desiring, worrying, fussing about the future or worrying about the future or uh, regret living in the past, yeah. This has been bio-quantum, darling one. This has been fantastic. I've loved it. So you've got a, a seminar coming up in February. Do you want to tell people about that? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, so we have a an event which uh, Karen will be a part of as well. It's called Awaken Your Superhuman. It's a free event. And you can just go to, I believe it's becomingbioquantum.com slash superhuman to, to sign up for that for free. Fabulous. I'll pop that link on my website page, which will have all the platforms that the show is on for people. The link will be under all the platforms where you can go to the website and see more about Jules and what she's up to. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. I've just loved I didn't know what I was in store for today, and I just loved this conversation. Thank you so much for sharing, Jules. Wow. <laughs> I loved that conversation with Jules. What did you think? Did you Did you get it? Do you get it? Getting it on an intellectual level is one thing, but living it is a whole other thing, which I think is what we're all endeavoring to do. Be more of the intelligence and less of the programming. I loved the way she put that. I was just telling her then, you know, it's so simple. I'm either in programming or I'm in intelligence. And where do I want to be in this moment? Do I want to be in programming or do I want to be in intelligence? And I think we all know what it's like to be in programming yeah, to be in programming. I mean, as she says, programming can mean that striving to be better, best, successful, that that striving. I think Deepak Chopra says you're either in striving or you're in arriving. <laughs> You've just arrived where you want to be in this moment of now, uh, feeling good, feeling peaceful, feeling turned on, tuned in, tapped into infinite intelligence instead of always wanting or worrying or judging or criticizing, which is the disease of the collective consciousness, isn't it? Everyone's criticizing somebody. I was tuning into 
some political talk. Oh, my God, it's just constant, constant, constant criticism, constant criticism. I was thinking, uh, I won't go into politics, but I was thinking, wouldn't it be amazing if there was a politician that didn't abuse the other side to make themselves look good? They just talked about what they wanted to achieve. Can you think of a politician like that? There's a few coming forward in your country and in mine. We were also talking about her ET connection. She said she sees she sees the blue the blue lights, the blue intelligence that teaches her all around her all the time. And I said, yeah, they're cool, aren't they? The blue ones, the blue ones, the blue light beings. Just loved that. I um, just love that. So I look forward to speaking more with Jules. I think she's awesome. Just awesome. Anyway, I'm not going to yak on too much more, but I would love to hear your thoughts about it and uh, how you find yourself living connected to that intelligence instead of in the programming. <laughs> I've got new lingo. I've got new vernacular around all this stuff. I would say in ego or in higher self, I, I guess I've used before uh, in the ego mind, in the critical mind, in fear or in love. There's many ways of putting it in conditioning or in intelligence. Yes, okay, I won't rave on anymore. I haven't actually booked anyone for the Inner Sanctum yet. I'm just getting that off and running. I'll get, uh, I'll get, I'm still in holiday mode. I thought I'd put Coogee Beach behind me. That's Coogee Beach I took a couple of years ago. It's the beach I live at uh, for summer. I bring a bit of sun and summer into your lives. The beautiful ocean behind me. I think that rock there is called Wedding Cake Island. It's a rocky outcrop there that is separate to the mainland. It's when you look out into the horizon you see that rocky people swim out there they swim around the island i've never done that on the bucket list and if you look very closely for people on there's a little guy on a on a stand-up surfboard what do you call those things just out in the middle of the ocean there so for people listening on audio i'm sorry you'll have to go to the video to see what i'm talking about big love to all of you i hope 2024 is all that you can imagine i hope you all move into higher intelligence and live from that place of the zero point, the stillness, the live in the moment, in the now, in intelligence, connected to the higher mind, who we all are, and the body follows suit. And I will see you all next time. Remember to check out the book Awakened by Death if you haven't already. Big love to you all. Bye for now.